Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, Jeremiah from the future here. I just wanted to let you know that... We did have some audio technical difficulties for the first nine and a half minutes of this episode. So if it is not up to the standard of audio quality you're used to, we did get it fixed nine and a half minutes in. Take it away, John. Well, hello and welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, I'm here with my good friend, Jeremiah Stringer, who is running the audio tonight. So this may be a rough night for us, but we might might pull it off okay. What do you think, Jeremiah? Uh, I think the guests can carry this one. They won't even need. <laughs> I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right because today we have some pretty amazing guests with us. Do you want to introduce everybody? Uh, I'll introduce the former FKT holder. I know it stings a little bit, and y'all are going to have a boxing match later. But the former FKT holder of the Sheltoe Trace, which runs through right where we are in Kentucky. Yeah, that's true. It does, and. I get to introduce the guy who actually is the current FKT holder, Mr. Ricky Vandergrift. Yeah. That is a mouthful to say when you don't know it, and I'm very thankful that I was able to get that right. So so let's just start off with, so Jason, how crappy do you feel if somebody beat your FKT? Uh, I actually feel really crappy. I I know. It's been great hanging out with Ricky. Yeah. I can let them and get to know him. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. You two have kind of built a friendship after this whole thing, which is really kind of cool. So, Ricky, how cool is it to own the FKT on a, on a long trail? You know, at the end of the day, it's just walking, you know? So, like... That's walking really fast <laughs> and a lot of miles, man. That's not, like, minor at all. That's not minor. Yeah, you know, it's a different experience than just going for, you know, a normal weekend or something. That's cool, man. That's cool. Jeremiah? Well, I'm just thankful that you all are gracious with your presence, but I heard that uh, you all might have done a little hiking together um, after you finished your FKT attempt. Where did you all go and what did you do? Well, Ricky's only been off the trail, what, two, three weeks now? Yeah, I think it's like three weeks. Yeah. yeah. So I, I just happened to see an email pop up in my inbox from the FKT site. And I started looking through it and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to check out mine and make sure we're all still standing. <laughs> Lo and behold, it's I, not standing it's anymore. Not standing. So I, I researched, I looked into Ricky a little bit to see who he was and found out he was in here in Ohio, here in Bethel, Ohio. I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Some people from Ohio. So I, I reached out to him and we started messaging back and forth. and uh, Representing the Buckeye State. Yeah, go Bucks. Yeah. I like that. A week later, we were hiking the uh, Twin Valley Trail in Germantown, Ohio. It was a 20, yep. 26 mile trail there. Mm-hmm. Went out for a 20, like 21 miles of it. Had a good time. Yeah. Took you 15 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they only hiked, um, I, th- I think they literally did like six miles a minute, I think was their, their, their pace. <laughs> yeah, it was, that uh, it was pretty impressive. You know, I don't think I do that in a car. <laughs> <laughs> but we actually pulled off uh, the picture right here. This is the one that was actually online. Yeah. Uh, now, now, it's a little different. You got the FKT holder, the former FKT holder there, and uh, he's actually 
This is the thing that's impressive. Okay, we had to get to this at some point. Ricky, you have hiked the AT. This is the second time you've done the Shiltoe Trace. You're now the self-supported FKT holder, all the while with a prosthetic. Yep. Yep. That is amazing, man. That is. Am I wrong about this? I, I want to hear about it. I, I want to hear your experience and how how it's different from the typical like hiker. Hmm. Well, I want to really know how to tell you it's different from normal hiker because I've never had two legs. Touche. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I was born missing my fibula. Usually, I tell a better story than that. You know, it's a shark attack or something. <laughs> ninjas. <laughs> yeah, ninjas. They come out every once in a while. But yeah, no, I was born missing my fibula and had a, my foot amputated when I was like 18 months old. And then it's just kind of been this way ever since. I've had prosthetic leg growing up all the while. And, you know, I've just been able to adapt so well just having that from an early age. It's never really been any different to me. Yeah. So people are always like, what's it like to have like one leg? I'm like, I don't know what's it like to have two legs. Like, you tell me, like, how do you describe that? You know, it's just part of life. Yeah. So. That's pretty awesome, man. That's pretty awesome. They're already getting some comments in right now. <laughs> just just think we're going to put those up there. This one was first to uh, Jason Wish says Chuck Norris here. Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, let's see. Um, let's go over here. We've got Jason and Ricky. You are in the presence of Gonex Royals. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremiah, you are, you are in the presence of... That's awesome. We can't get away from it, can we? No, it's inescapable. For it's me. inescapable at this point. We are going to hear about Gonex at some point. Now, Ricky doesn't know about Gonex. So, short of the story is, we as YouTubers get these like Japanese companies that want to send us stuff. And most of the time, we all say no. Because we don't want to have cheap stuff on our channels and all that. Well, Jeremiah occasionally says yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and on this one occasion, it was for a Gonex backpack. Yeah. And he wore it on a video. With pride. <laughs> well, it was the Shield Brothers video. It wasn't mine. But then you talked about it. Yeah, on their, on their, their live stream. On their live stream. Sure and since then, it's just he's the Gonex King. So yeah. Welcome to the palace. <laughs> uh, I, I'm curious about one thing. And, um, if you would, put your mic a little bit closer to your okay. mouth. Everybody will yep. hear you a little better. But I was on a trip, and we were actually talking about you two guys. Because you all both had set a record for the Shelt Toey. And some people were of the opinion that you were actually at an advantage with um, one leg. What do you think about that? You think it's a cheat code? You think those people are taking a cheap shot? Eh, I mean, like, I always joke, half the legs, half the miles, right? You know? <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yes. But, like, you know, there's, like, one other person, AMPT, said at one point in his life, he's like, if it's that much of an advantage, cut your own legs off, you know? Or, like, oh. So. There it is. I'll let you make your own choices, but. <laughs> I like it, man. That's good. Well, since all of you guys that are here, like, the three of you guys, you guys have all through hike long trails now. All three of you have. And um, so what I want to do tonight is I want to actually have a little pop quiz and ask you guys some questions about being on long trails. All right, so basically we got five questions. And I'm going to ask the questions, and all three of you are going to get a chance to answer these questions. And I want you to answer as honestly as you can. No lying. Got to hear, hear the truthful answers on this. So the first question is simple. 
What is the strangest food you've eaten while on trail? And Jason, you get to go first. Oh, goodness. Oh, my. I, I absolutely have no idea of what <laughs> I We can come back weird. to you. Um, I just had normal food on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> You're never hurting in a bad spot and had to had to eat something funky? You don't have to come back to me, seriously. All right, I oh, man, we could do that with Jeremiah. Go second here. Tell, tell, us, tell us what your answer would be for this. Well, some people have heard about this before, but I would say uh, probably the weirdest was the the chips I ate out of the trash can at that laundromat. <laughs> that was pretty weird. Jalapeno kettle cooked. Mm. Yeah, they were delicious. Pulled them right out of the trash. Well, they were in a Ziploc bag. It's that you pulled trash. right out of the trash. Right out of the trash can. Some nice. trail town. Don't is, even, I don't even remember it. Wow. What about you, man? You were on the Appalachian Trail, so if everybody here, you spent the most time on trail. Yeah, I mean, I guess a pack of Tums for a day's worth of food is pretty good. <laughs> what? I mean, they were sort of... You had no antacid. Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> like, you had no acid in your body whatsoever. You were like... You probably had the most calm stomach any human being's ever had from doing that, right? Yeah. No, my buddy gave those to me because he's like, at one point you're going to need these. And then I was like, yeah, I'm hungry. I don't have any food and didn't feel like stopping to meet him somewhere. So I was like, I'll just keep going. Wow. That's he a wins. beast. That's a whole lot better than, than chips out of a trash can. That's pretty impressive. Yes. A bottle of Tums. <laughs> well, you know, you know Tums are basically, right? What, y'all? They're, no, they're uh, calcium. Pills, basically. Calcium. There's basically cal- calcium pills because, like, calcium's a, a anti antacid. So, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, so like, the, if you read on the back of them, they actually say that they ha- they're high in calcium. I wonder how many safeties. So your bones were strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't drink any pills, man. Seriously, yeah. strong bones. From calcium that, man. overdose. Well, they're basically candy, like the sorted flavors. Not says we're having some issues with audio, so we're going to check that real quick just Uh-oh. to double-check and make sure everybody's happy here because I'm seeing some things. Oh, watch this. Everybody's going to get happy. All right, people. How are we all feeling? I think we should be happier now. Let's see. We'll find out here in a second. Um, so for anybody who missed it, if the audio was a little rough there for a second, uh, we just found out that Ricky here actually ate a bottle of Tums. Oh, just, just a small pack. Oh, it was a small. That was your whole day. It was like half a day. Or something. I thought you were like eating a pat. You ate like a roll of tums for your whole food for the day. It was like half. It was like fifteen miles in the whites or something. So fifteen miles in the whites. Only the hardest oh, section. Yeah, the entire AT. No just, big deal. You know, just these huge like twelve thousand foot mountains. That's all. You know, they're not that big. Someone just said, "There we go." So we are we're back up here, guys. Sorry about that. We didn't realize that, that wasn't going right. So yeah. Anyways. They- Jason, we're coming back. What was the weirdest thing you've eaten, strangest thing you've eaten on the trail? This really isn't something that was weird, but it was it's the only thing I can come up with. I'm sorry. So I had 30 miles to my food bag on day five on the Shell Toy Trace, and I had nothing left in my bag. I'd eaten it all because I was oh. behind schedule, except a couple of peanut butter and jelly wraps. I know that's not weird, but I had to, <laughs> I had to survive 30 miles Bro. with two peanut butter and jelly wraps. I can't survive three miles without. What are you talking? That, that took you what three hours to hike thirty miles? Everybody knows how you are, man. Like, come on. I wish I had a better story. Like my no, you're good, a dumpster man. diver, man. He has all kinds of great food <laughs> stories. I, I don't have anything like that. <laughs> okay. Question number two, and we'll start with Jeremiah this time. We'll work our way around. What was the most uncomfortable place you've ever had to poop on trail? 
have you have you ever been? I I'm not the reason I'm not asking you is because on the AT you have privies. I don't know if you've done some trails with privies. Yeah. No. Yeah. What about you, John? Yeah, I've done trails with yeah. privies. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So, have y'all ever had the privies that are just like in- inconveniently located right next to the trail, and it's it's like a half or a quarter of a wall. <laughs> yep. And you're just it's like a throne. Yep. Just sitting out next to the trail. If anybody walks by, full eye contact. Yep. The whole way. <laughs> just kind of wave at them as they walk by. You have to. You have to embrace it. So I would say, like, <laughs> privies like that, I try not to uh, have to pop a squat in the woods. I try to always find a privy or wait. Yeah. Hey, you said you play the I don't poop game a lot. Yeah, don't poop in the woods. <laughs> yep. It's yep. not that bad. There's a bunch of different ways to do it. <laughs> what? You know, my buddy, the colonel that I go kayaking with. Yeah. He has never pooped in the woods yet. Ever? Ever. Wow, he's been on a lot of trips with you. He prides himself on knowing where every location of bathroom is along the trail or river. (laughs) Oh, wow. He wanted me to bring that up. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't even tell you about the questions, and you're sitting here going, oh, I got the gold mine. They they set me up for this. That's perfect, man. Ricky, what about you, man? What was the most uncomfortable place you've ever had to poop? Um, I don't know. Pooping in the woods is pretty comfy, but... um. (laughs) Don't look at me. Yeah, you got to learn how to dig a cat hole, man. It's not that hard. <laughs> um, yeah, leave no trace. Six inches. But, um, Six. but um, yeah, one time was, so I like to do the method where you like sit on a log and kind of hang your butt off and have yeah, yeah, yeah. under that, you know, because it's nice to find a mossy log. I found a good one on the AT one time, but I sat on it and like I dug my hole and everything and then. The log broke, and I go rolling down the hill. Oh, <laughs> so, into the poop? No, I, it was before I started, you know, pooping. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was just like a moment like, okay, that method's out the window now. We're not doing that anymore. <laughs> or at least from now on, you're going to kind of like double check before you uh, yeah. get everything started. <laughs> so what about you, Jason? <clears throat> Mine was probably on the Sheltoe Trace. Um, day six, maybe seven, near Flat Rock, Flat Rock Church. Um it was early morning. I was going to be hitting the trail about 4 a.m., and there was no time. This was a quick escape from the duplex. <laughs> ten, ten feet away from the duplex. <laughs> so the leave no trace cat hole method or all came after. <laughs> so, you know, I felt bad. I wasn't able to get the 200-foot off trail like you're supposed to and dig the cat hole first. So. Well, anybody who knows the, the, the Sheltoy Trace knows, like, you're just basically road walking for like a third of the trip, basically. Um, I was doing the section just before the Heidelberg March, and I was on one of those dirt country roads, but I had to hike it for like five or six miles. And it, I had never pooped in the woods at this point. But there was someone's private property on this side of the road, and there was someone's private property on this side of the road. And occasionally a car would drive by, and I just had to go and finally I couldn't help it anymore, and I just squatted over a ditch – and said, here we go, and just prayed nobody would drive up on me from behind because they would have been the most uncomfortable thing for oh, them wow. on the planet. But uh, I would say that we've all kind of had an experience that's uncomfortable when it comes to that one. Okay, this was Jeremiah's question he has for you guys. Who are the most interesting people you've met on trail? And, Ricky, you get to go first on this one. It's a good question, isn't mm-hmm. it? I don't, interesting's hard. 
I mean, because like best people is a different category. <laughs> <laughs> you can change the question, man. That's fine. Oh, man. Well, I mean, one of the best people I met is my friend Bumblebee. I hiked like half the AT with him almost. And, you know, we've been through a bit together and he takes care of me now every once in a while. But, um, man, interesting people. So there is this one guy in Vermont. He was doing like some trail magic. I don't know. He hurt himself or something. And I think he was like a bottle or two of vodka deep. But he had these like hot dogs he was cooking in water or whatever. And we were hungry, so we ate them or something. But the water was nasty. Like I think he peed in it or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, Pro- no, no, probably not. It was just nasty old water. It's been there for a minute, you know. But anyway, he's telling us like, you know, we're getting close to the whites. And he's telling us that like, you know, in the whites, like, you can't hike as fast because there's, you know, bigger mountains, right? And we're like, okay, we know that. Like, we're not crazy, right? We've heard that before. And so he's going, he's like, yeah. So, like, normally, like, hiking, like, miles of an hour per, in an, in an hour, like, like, two. But, like, in the whites, like, one. <laughs> like, like, three fast, four flying. So, like, three but two but one. And we're like... He's just trying to tell us that in, like, the whites, you might average, like, a mile an hour. But it was just, like, so ever since then, he's, like, an iconic person. We look back on and we're, like, three but two but one. We're, like, yeah, three but two but one. Wow. Is that what you That's call it? great. Yeah. So then, like, now we joke sometimes. We're, like, is this, like, a three? No, this is, like, a two. No, I think we're at, like, four. Four. Yeah, we're definitely flying. So. That's awesome. That is great. Okay, so uh, while we were talking there, the colonel actually chimed in and said, I challenge Jeremiah to a multi-day trip to see who poops first. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. I don't know. It, it always hits me, like, when I get back from a trip, especially if it's multi-day, like three or four days, then the next couple of days are, you know, it's all a blur when it comes to pooping. I just think you should go, and Jason and I will go with you guys, and we'll just be the video crew. Sounds fantastic. Except when you poop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're not videoing that part. I but, accept uh, the challenge. <laughs> okay, it's been it's been accepted, Colonel. Hope you're still watching. So, uh, nice, nice. What about Wish? What uh, What's some interesting people or person that you met on trail? I feel like you probably have more opportunities to meet someone like Ricky was describing when you're on a long-distance trail That's that you're – multiple days or weeks or months but for me it was probably in two years ago coming up here this winter i met two fellows in the hoosier national forest for a overnight hike dan, oh, no. dan becker jeremiah stringer oh those are oh, weirdos no. man. strange people right there that's a good answer man what <clears throat> happened a good time yeah that was that was fantastic that's the first time i ever met you first time i ever met dan we had a great time, and you had the perfect campsites. Oh, yeah. Perfect campsites. Peninsula out on the lake. That was nice. Yeah. Thanks to that hiking guy. Is, it, is he the yeah. one that turned you on yeah, to that? Chris. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's but, really cool. But seriously, on the Shelterway Trace, I ran across a family that was doing her shakedown hike for their uh, AT uh-huh. hike. It was the Caseman family, Russell Caseman and his wife and daughter. They had like their 12, 11-year-old daughter with them. Right along the Cumberland River there on that section. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. They were doing their, one of their final shakedown hikes, and I stopped and talked with them for a little bit. It probably cost me about five or ten minutes of my KT time. <laughs> now that's And that would have been all the difference between you and Ricky. So <laughs> you, you better be glad he met that lady, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. How, many, how many people was that? 
You said the whole family? Yeah, it was the husband, wife, and the daughter. Wow. That's awesome. He's still out there actually getting ready to finish it, I think, or putting some more. They only made it like maybe five or 600 miles, and they bailed. Yeah. Uh, COVID probably played a part of that. Oh, yeah. But uh, he's back out there doing another section right now, I believe. Uh, I met some families like doing section hikes on the AT. I always thought it's super interesting whenever you have a whole family, especially I'd heard stories about bringing kids, like bringing five, six-year-olds, and I'm like, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine that like in my house every day. So taking them out on the trail every day. Right. That would be crazy. You met my two-year-old. Imagine taking him out on a trail every day. Um, He'd probably be running ahead of me. I wouldn't be able to keep up with him. (laughs) I can barely keep up with you. I'd never keep up with him. So, okay, Jeremiah, interesting people you've met on the trail. Uh, I'll name one. Um, I'm going to go with Bubbling Brooks. He, I don't know his real name. But his trail name was Bubbling Brooks. Bubbling Brooks? Yeah. And he, when I walked up, I'll have to send you this picture. Okay. It's on my Instagram. But when I walked up, you know, he's at the shelter. And the next day he leaves. And he had a bicycle there with him. And he, like, literally strapped his bicycle onto the back of his backpack, like, tied it on. And this was, like, one of those old Schwins with, like, the handlebars like this. He's like, yeah, I was trying to trail ride it down here. And then... uh he strapped it, and it was literally four or five feet above his head. And then he had a pillow tied to this part of it, so it didn't hit him in the head. And he's really? like, "Yeah, he's telling us about like three or four dirty spills he had because it's hard hiking up there. It's not maintained real well. It was the Vermont Long Trail, and uh, I don't know. It's it was crazy. He slept on a Mexican blanket that night. Like I was cold in my fifteen degree sleeping bag on my X lot, and he's laying on the ground in the shelter on a Mexican blanket, no cover, just like a like like a work jacket, like a Carhartt with a, a forestry service neon vest on. <laughs> That's crazy. Odd, yeah. I had, to, I had to show you the pictures. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I think the strangest person I ever met on the trail was actually on the Sheltoe Trace. Um, and it was weird, like really weird. I'm hiking along, and all of a sudden I hear somebody like yipping and yowing and doing noises, and they come running out of the woods, and it's this dude, and he's wearing nothing but jean shorts. And he just goes, yeah, screaming and just takes off, he <laughs> spins in a circle and runs off the other way and never saw him again. No shoes? No, nothing. Just, just jean shorts. And and he screams and yells and just leaves. And I'm just, and I was by myself at that point because I was doing a section. I was doing a section from, uh, I think it's Yamacraw to Cumberland Falls. Yeah. And it's like 33 miles or something like that. And so I was on day two of that. And I was about to Cumberland Falls, and this guy just comes yipping through the... It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's insane. Strangest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay, next question. Gear. What gear should you have left at home? Mm. Yeah. My pack was heavy, looking back on it now. Yeah. I thought I had it dialed in pretty good, but I think I would have left my Nemo Philo. Six ounce pillow. Whoa, that's saying but, something, but man. I, but I thought having a great night's sleep, which it gave, it, which the Nemo gives me. Yeah, I thought it was worth the extra weight. But you know, I think I could have just got by with, uh, you know, me and Ricky have been talking about this a lot lately. It's taking shorter cat naps, you know, instead of getting a, trying to get a full night's sleep. I think I just would have, you know, I would have loved to left my left my duplex home. But, you know, I got caught in the rain, so I was glad I had it. Oh, yeah. Um, if I knew there wasn't going to be rain, I don't even think I'd take a tent. I think I would just cowboy camp. Really? Yeah. And wow. maybe not even take an air pad. You know, I wow. don't know. It's just 
you want those comforts to help you recover through the night. Mm-hmm. But the more I look at doing another one of these, I'm thinking, do I really need all those comforts? Can I just get by sleeping less and push harder and have a lighter pack? And you're starting to sound like Bryce Newbold. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> starting man. to get that stupid light thing going yeah. on right now. Yeah. Yeah, me and Bryce have been talking about doing a little tarp camping trip here soon. Oh, really? I don't know. He's got like a 100-miler coming up here soon. So yeah, we'll that's all about that. It's all passed. Nice. Jeremiah, what do you wish you've left at home? Well, maybe a little controversial, but I took um, the same tent you did, the duplex, and I would have switched out that whole system for a hammock setup. That's what I would have done. And I, even if it weighed the same, I think I would have slept better. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I mean, I was sleeping in shelters. And I did. I took a pillow, an air-up pillow, but just for between my knees. Mm. And then my puffy was my other pillow. Yeah. What about you, Ricky? Well, what, what trail are we talking about? Any trail. You, yeah, it could be any trail. In general, I think I pack too much food, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't. You know, the amount of calories I need, like, I don't know. It's, you're fighting a losing battle out there, so save a little weight, pack a little less food. But Yeah. I, I was going to say, that's always been my issue is I always pack too much food, but I know this last trip I went on over the weekend a couple weeks ago, I actually for the first time ever packed the exact amount of food I needed for the trip. The only thing I had left were two little Welch's fruit snack packets. That was it. Everything else was gone. I was so proud Where? of myself. That's like the first time I've ever pulled that off. I so, can't do that. Yeah, I'm terrible at it. I'm terrible at it. Okay, last question. What is the best celebration meal you've had at the end of a trip? Any trip. Any trip. It could be any it could be a weekend trip. It can be a long trail. What what is the best celebration meal you've had at the end of a trip? You want me to go first? Yeah. Watch this. I just got back from a trip last night and my wife made the best dinner. I've ever had. That was bar none, the best celebration dinner I've ever had. I can't wait to see you when I get home, baby. Are you just saying that for points? He is. <laughs> hey, he is copping hey. out for points. We're all on the same team here, guys. Okay, outside of your wife cooking for you, what what was your best celebration meal? <laughs> he literally just copped out on that. Did you see that? Man. Oh, my gosh. Kiss up, okay. man. An alternative? I wouldn't really call this a celebration meal. Um, I was out there for about a month whenever I did my through hike of the long trail. And at one point, we had spent a couple of days in the woods, and we all had the itching for pizza. We wanted it bad. And uh, we stopped at a road, and there was a group of like seven or eight of us that were all kind of hiking together. We all stopped there, and we sent three people into town to bring us back pizza. So I would say that would be real hot up there, even though it wasn't at the end of a trip. It was kind of in the middle. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. What about you, Ricky? Mine was also kind of more in the middle, but um, when I got into Damascus, went to the grocery store and I made like a 10, 12 layer peanut butter and jelly, you know? Nice. Yeah, and I layered it with like, you know, peanut butter, jelly, M&M's, bread, peanut butter, jelly, you know, coconut, bread, peanut butter, jelly, you know, granola. It was like. It was pretty tall. That's a hiker trash feast right there. That's what that is. That's awesome. And I started before with like a half gallon of chocolate milk and a pack of donuts and then passed out in the park. (laughs) (laughs) um, Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. What about you, Jason? I recently went to the Adirondacks with a 
couple other guys from Indiana, Ohio, New Hampshire, and we did the High Peak Wilderness. And after we finished, and you almost killed David Gray. I did not. He <laughs> had that knee did. surgery planned already. I'm oh, okay. Sure. I keep getting blamed for that. <laughs> anyway, we we completed our hike. Everybody said their goodbyes, and me and Goat and Jeremy were heading home, and we're high, flying down the highway. No one has eaten a post hike meal yet, so we're all starved to death. I mean, ravenous. You know, all of our hiking food's pretty much been eaten, or it's the last thing you want after a hike is to right. your food. So we're flying down the highway. And lo and behold, we pass a food truck on the side of the road. So we pull over, and they're making fresh hot sausages and burgers cooked to order. Oh, with nice! All the fixings, the the peppers and the onions, sautéed up, and all the condiments and nice, all the canned drinks you could think of. So we uh we all ordered some good food there and had it roadside before heading on home. That oh, that's incredible! That was hard to beat. Usually, it's a, a nice big ribeye or a something like that at a restaurant, but this was pretty unique being on the road, like a little roadside stand. That's really cool. I know my last trip, um, me and my buddy Josh actually got sushi. Mm. Like we just were in the mood for it. And it was like, dude, there's a sushi place on the map. Let's go. And we just chowed on sushi afterwards. And it was weird. Cause usually like, you're like, I want a burger. I want pizza. I want a steak. I want something that's just like huge and gross and awesome at the same time. And it's just like, nah, I just kind of want to eat raw fish, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's just weird. But uh, we got some people giving you a hard time already, Jeremiah. So Sean Schultz has come on here and said, I bet Jeremiah eats a bunch of cheese the day before to stop him up so he won't poop while on trail. Oh, that's a good strategy. I didn't even think about it. I could take two Imodiums, put me out of commission for two weeks. I'd uh, definitely be You could. Time. You could. And then here's another one. Uh, Jeremiah wishes he would have left that Gonex at home. <laughs> so that's right. <laughs> Scott right. I think we've done more advertising for Gonex. Oh, 100%. During this podcast than, than anywhere. It's yeah. amazing. I want to see some questions for the guests too. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of pulling up on some of them here. Uh Y'all don't pull don't crap on Jeremiah for hyping his lady up. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, Tyler, my man. That's what's up. You're still kissing up. Um <laughs> Let's see. We got that's hardcore. I think that came in after talking about you guys saying that you would probably go without tents and cowboy camping and everything. So, uh, let's see. I don't see a lot of questions right now. Let me see. There was one up here. I think I saw. I have a question for him while you're looking for that. Okay, here it is. Okay, what'd you get? Jason and Ricky, what was the toughest part of the Sheltoe Trace Trail for you during your FKT? For me, it was. Probably coming into my, I think it was day seven, eight, 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 right before John Muir. I was, let's see, I was heading southbound, so it was after John Muir overlook, maybe. There's a section where the the trail is almost like your hand in the, or the fingers. Yeah. And you're going mm-hmm. back and forth, back and forth. You're not making any progress by the crow flies, by the way the crow flies, but I just, it was like almost mentally breaking me down not making any progress. And I was like, almost cursing the trail. That's, that's that's an area from like Peter's mountain South, isn't it? Yeah. Is it, is that area that you're talking about? I know that part destroyed me when I was right at the line. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was not fun. Yeah. I think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's not fun at all. I remember that really well. I remember, uh, when we did it, it was like raining for four or five straight days. And, you, you would walk five feet and your feet would just go out from underneath you because it was just flat mud the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was miserable. I remember telling somebody, I need to hike that like when it's not gross outside so I can actually enjoy it because that was the one part of that tra- that trail I never want to go back to. 
because it was just so awful at that point. If I remember right, I was doing that with uh, three other people, my wife and another couple. And I was like, we need to skip, like, you know, on the map, if you had to walk around the finger, let's just cut across. And I think this is the same location. And I was like, I'm going to go scout it out. I'll be right back. And I went, and there's like caves and rivers and everything running in between there. You could not skip. Can't do it. it. You got to go the whole thing. You go, it was a ravine, like 20, 30 feet drops. Yeah. What about you, Ricky? Toughest part? Um, Honestly, like the last two days I got hammered by rain or like one one of those days I got hammered by rain and kind of wrecked the last day a bit too. So coming into the gorge, it started around raining real hard. There's a road walk up before the Red River Gorge and it started raining pretty hard. And then just going through the gorge, I was going through there in the middle of the night and just all the creeks were like, you know, knee high and just flooding. Like you stuck your trekking pole and it's vibrating. And I'm like, well, either I'll get swept away or I'll be fine. There's sections where it's like, you know, nice trail usually, but just like six inches of water for like, you know, it was miles that I was just walking in water. So once it stopped raining, eventually the next day, like my feet were just wrecked from, or at least my one foot was wrecked and my other one's carbon fiber. So I was fine. <laughs> but um, but my other foot was just wrecked from, you know, walking in water and mud for miles. And then the icing on the cake was coming around one section around Cave Run Lake. There's like five miles of horse trail. Yes. And that was just horrible. Oh, it's as I don't know. I love that it's by the lake, but the horse trail is terrible to walk on. Yeah. And it had rained a bunch. So like there's one point where like I lost the tip to my trekking pole, you know, because it's like just mud pits for five miles. Right. So I lost yeah. the tip to my trekking pole and then like. My foot got stuck, and then I step on my prosthetic, and then that starts getting stuck in there. So I step back, and it almost comes off, and, like, got my shoe and my prosthetic and me and out of the mud pit. And, like, there's a, yell- a lot of yelling. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I got to the dam and just, like, laid down in the middle of the road. I forgot that was a road on the dam. But I just, like, yard sailed it in the middle of the road for a minute. And it was like, I need to recollect thoughts. Oh, so, yeah. I know exactly the part you're talking about. Yeah. That's 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 when that's wet. That's rough. Yeah, horse trails at like one in the morning are not recommended. Oh. Which section was this? Cave Run Lake. Okay, just before, just south of the dam. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. curious. Um, you're talking about the prosthetic. Mm-hmm. What your footwear or the situation is with the end of that while you're backpacking versus just everyday life. Um. So really, I've got one leg that's kind of. I'm using for everything right now. Uh-huh. And um, actually, Amputee Blade Runners down in Tennessee, they just hooked me up with it. And some other people really helped donate some money down to them to help with it, cost and everything. But I'm sorry, what was the question? It's just like, uh, <laughs> are you, whenever you buy a pair of shoes, are you just putting the other shoe on that same? Yeah. As far as like footwear or anything, I really don't do anything different. It's, okay. um, it's pretty much just like an, I treat it like a normal foot for the most part. Sure. I was just curious. I thought some of the other people might have the same or similar question. Yeah, it was really interesting because I saw the picture of you two yeah. that was posted earlier, and uh, I thought he took your foot off because <laughs> the way it looks, but yeah. it's just really interesting the way it's set up. Is it set so that like it's kind of springy? Yeah, I mean, so, like, if you want to see my foot, you can see my foot right now. Oh, can we see your foot? What? Dude, let's totally see your foot. That's awesome. <laughs> And so that's sorry if my shoe's dirty, but yeah. Can you take down the graphics so everybody can see on there? Yeah, let me give me a second. Let me uh 
Just so I'll throw this up there real quick that all things outdoors literally thought of that same food truck when we asked that question oh, yeah. earlier. So I <laughs> want to make sure you knew that. So, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So this is my. Does that say Foo Fighters in the back? Uh, Phil Hour. <laughs> oh, I was excited. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan. I thought I thought maybe that's what that yeah. was. But um, yeah, no, I just got this reel recently. Like I was saying, from Amputee Blade Runners, they're um some of the nicest people I've met down there. But that's that's what I use. Um, they mounted the foot in the back there, so I actually get this little bit of a curve, kind of like a actual blade leg. Um, previously, it had all my feet were mounted distally down here, down at the bottom, and you know just with having it mounted in the rear up higher i've got that room for the blade and it makes all the difference like i say it's like it feels like walking with two legs or running with two legs yeah you know whereas like previously it was like you know it was always like it'd be nice to know what having two legs feels like like i don't care that i have prosthetic like it's fine but like it'd be cool to know and like with this setup it's like i think i know what having two legs feels like that's really cool. Yeah. I, I thought I was like I saw that and I thought, man, that is just the design just looked really interesting. Yeah. Just how that, that works. It's like hundred percent carbon fiber and like two bolts. So you know, high that speed really low cool. drag. <laughs> well, now that we're about halfway through this thing, you know what we need to get up on the on the screen now, Jeremiah. What's that? It's time for the fake news ticker. <laughs> so the fake news ticker is now running and that will be on for the rest of the time. Uh so you, everyone can just kind of enjoy what's really not true. So, uh, okay. So let's, let's continue talking about the, this FKT thing yeah. with the shell toy trace. How do you, I guess, how do you find out about these? How do you find out like who's holding these, these FKTs and, uh, how do you officially become an FKT holder? Because I mean, anybody and their mom could just go out and say, well, I did it in this many days. So, mm-hmm. you know, how do you, how do you actually prove that you did it? And how do you make sure that that's an official thing? So the FKT website, they do a really good job. The folks down there, they're super, super awesome. And they actually have a really great podcast to listen to, just that they go over some some of those things on it and various ones too, just to help people out. What's that called? What's um, our podcast called? I think it's just the, the Fastest Known Times podcast. Sweet. But um, yeah, on their website, they have everything. If you just search FKTs. But um. Yeah, as far as doing an FKT, you can get on there and you can search different routes. So you could search by like state or you can search specific names of trails. And if it's on there, it'll pull it up and it'll show you the list of everyone who's gone for that and what the time is and if it's supported, unsupported. And you can even add your own. Um, They kind of have to be things that are like meaningful, though. Like you can't do like my mailbox to your mailbox because that doesn't mean anything except like to me and you. You know, I was just gonna say, can I do a lap around my house and like? Yeah, no, save that. Of course, Jason wishes here if he knew I had an FKT for that, he'd go beat it, and then I would I wouldn't have it anymore. So. (laughs) Yeah, no. So it's got to be something um something meaningful that like other people would find meaning in as well. You know, um. But yeah, and then you just you go out there and you. You run the trail or hike it, and you have like a GPS tracker, so that you have the GPX file. You submit a GPX file and photos and trip report to the fastest known time website, and they review it. And, and you can do that with like anything, like you did it with a spot, right? No, yeah. I use the inReach as well. Yeah, but, yeah that's what I meant. They, I'll use oh, the inReach. Yeah, the inReach. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And you could probably use like Gaia even, yep. the Gaia app or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, I submitted. Strava. I submitted Gaia and inReach. I okay. Double. Do some yeah. of them, like, I've heard of people having problems with it, like, skipping 
like it'll connect the dots, but if it's not sending the signal, um, like frequent enough, I guess you would say, then it kind of looks like you haven't stuck to the trail yeah. or if it's kind of junk. Did you yeah. run in anything like oh, that? Yeah. It's like some people call it like the breadcrumbs that it drops. Yeah. 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 If you don't have your log and send interval in small increments, it'll do that. It'll look like just a bunch of straight lines on the Garmin inReach. Like your people think you're not really hiking that far and that fast or he's skipping trail sections. And that's not the case. Yeah. That's, but that's the way it kind of tracks it for what everybody sees on the map share link. Yeah. But when you get back home and load it all and look at it, on the website, it usually shows. It'll tell you the actual mileage okay. that you. That's cool. Went, so well, I know, like uh, one thing I've noticed, um, because I've used Strava before, I've used the um, several other like tracking apps that track hikes or walks or whatever, and none of them get the same mileage. Mm-hmm. And is that an issue, or how is there a way to work around that? Or on day one, I had a three mile discrepancy between Gaia and my inReach. Yeah, wow. but at the end. It all kind of worked out. They both said 353 miles. They might have been within a mile of each other. And they were that See, close. You make me feel really good when you say that because I swore it was not 323 miles when I hiked that trail. I was like, there's no way that is 323 miles. Yeah. Sideways miles don't count. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> yeah. Did you get the same number too whenever you were done? No, I think mine was, mine was like two something because I had it on 30 minute intervals. Mm-hmm. And so the thing is that they're not checking to see if you hiked 300 and whatever miles, mm-hmm. you know, they're checking to make sure that you have bre- that breadcrumb along the trail, yeah. you know, that you weren't like skipping and catching a ride with somebody. And all of a sudden you were like walking 47 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. probably a good thing. Yeah. That's probably a good thing. Okay. Uh, right now, Jay, let's see. Oh, gosh. Take that off. Um, Unreal. Uh, Outdoor Thor says, I have about 10 videos that all I have to do is make them public, and I keep hesitating to post them. What do you suggest to a person hesitating to start a backpacking channel on YouTube? Well, that's a good question. Is that one for me? I don't know. I mean, actually, can we say something? We got to say something here. There's something important here. Like this past weekend, you hit a major milestone, and last week, you hit a major milestone. You hit 5,000 subs on YouTube this past weekend. Yes, I did. And you hit 8,000 subs on YouTube. Oh, yes. to that. So you guys are, like, killing it right now. So, I mean, really, you two should be the ones answering this question. I don't think I'm qualified to answer that Mm. question. But I would just say, um, I'd say hop on and do it and, you know, give it your best and put in the hard work. What, What about you? Just have fun with it, you know. For most, for a lot of YouTubers, it starts out as just a way to document document your hikes. Yeah. Um, just like I was filming my kids as they were growing up, you know. It was kind of just doing that for myself. It's like my personal photo album. Yeah. But it was on YouTube, so it was kind of archived forever, you know, on YouTube. Sure. And then, you know, you get people starting to be interested in certain trails that you may have hiked and documented, and it kind of just takes off from there. So you just, just be yourself and have fun with it. And don't try to copy what other channels are doing, and you're, you're usually going to have success. I think that's really important, being yourself. And there's, I don't know if uh, John can pull this up, but there's uh, somebody I would like to mention that I got a I, message I was from. just going to say, why don't you talk about him, and I'll see if I can figure out how to get this up here. Yeah, for sure. So I got a message um, from, I, I guess it's, well, I don't want to say like Grandma or Ann or whatever, but um, she went by Nan. To this kid is this kid's nan 
So I'm, I'm guessing Ann or Grandma or something like that. And uh, she sent me a DM and was telling me about somebody that started a YouTube channel named Odin. And COVID has like really, I guess, shifted everybody's life, you know. But it took away a lot of this kid's hobbies like karate, basketball, you know, all the things that kids do. So he turned to backpacking and hiking. And I wanted to talk to or talk about him just real quick here tonight. Um, his YouTube channel is Odin on the Trail, and he's 10 years old. And since COVID threw that wrench into his plan of just his everyday life, um, he decided to start a YouTube channel. So uh, I want everybody to go check him out. And I have a goal. I think last time I checked, he was between 60 and 70 subscribers. And his nan wrote me a, a beautifully written, uh, great message telling me, hey, he's been watching your channel. We've been really enjoying, you know, what you all do. So I want to set a goal for him to reach 1,000 subscribers. Yeah. So at some point, hopefully, um, we can show you all his channel. I'm on working here. on it right now. We're about to get there. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sounds good, man. But yeah, uh, as for the the YouTube question that was asked before, um, I think what Jason said about being authentic and being yourself and not copying other people, that's exactly what Odin's doing from the videos that I saw. But um, if you try to have some fake personality or something like that, then uh, it really shines through and you can't fake that forever. That's the truth. So That's the truth. You just, you got to be you, you know? Yeah, and you said like he's actually having the time of his life doing this. Oh yeah, I saw. <laughs> I just saw. I think his last video was him riding a bull, and he also interviewed. Um, have y'all ever heard of Boots Off Hostel? Yeah, mm -hmm. I think uh, Jim is the owner. If I remember right, is it right here? This is his channel right here, Odin yeah. on the Trail. He sixty six subscribers, Jeremiah. Yes, let's see what we can get into. I, I, we got to get this kid to 1,000 subs. I love it. That would be great, man. He's, what, 10 years old? 10, and he's interviewing. Uh, is that it on there? Yeah, I think it's uh, this one right here, Boots Off Hostel. Yeah, interviewing the owner of it. I think He's it's got 100 views impressive. on that, too, man. That's awesome. That's pretty impressive. For That's him. pretty cool. Like He's probably going to, like, in a few years, you're going to hear him taking your all's FKTs. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. what's going to happen. Wow. Yeah, thanks, John, for uh, letting me mention that. Yeah, I know you were you were big tonight. about it. We talked about it earlier today, and you were just kind of like really wanting to talk about that. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I also want to get back to um, something that we were talking about earlier. I asked you about footwear, and I'm assuming what you just showed us wasn't the footwear you were wearing on the trail. But I'm curious. You've hiked a lot of miles. You have too, and I wanted to know what you all were going with whenever you were hiking. Um, I used the Altros. I was in the Lone Peak three, you know, fours on my FKT. Did you have to switch out? No, no, I'm sorry. I was on the Temp 1.5s. Oh, the 10s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So I went through threes, went through the, one pair of 1.5s training, then went through a new pair of 1.5s on the trail, and then um, into 3.5s, which, man, the 3.5s are, I'm sorry, the 4.5s are getting a lot of bad you talking about the Lone Peaks? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Lone Peak 3.5 or 4.5s. I uh -huh. love them. A lot of people say they dig into their Achilles. Mm. I haven't had mm. any issues with it, but I, I've been hiking a lot in the, the 4.5s, but I'm currently on 
the Olympus fours because I'm dealing with a minor case of plantar fasciitis. It's, yeah. it's been a little nagging. more cushioning. Yeah, that little bit of cushioning really helps. I really like them. Yeah, the thicker stack, the higher stack height. So yeah, Olympus fours for me, buddy. Nice. Yeah. How about you? I've been slowly converted to being a Hoka man. So I like the thick boys. <laughs> Hey man, they haven't they haven't treated me wrong, you know. Every time I've worn them, they've been fine. So I use I use a pair of like torrent twos or ones, I think. You're apparel. speaking Jeremiah's language. The Hoka, you using speed goats? Uh, no, I I've I've had speed goats, but I use I've been using the torrents lately. Yeah, yeah, they're just cheaper. Like, honestly, like just cheap shoes. Whatever I can find the best deal on. <laughs> um, you only got to worry about one foot, anyways, right? <laughs> yeah, more or less. More or less yeah. <laughs> There, I mean, like you got like an inch, you can step in little puddles and not get wet. Like, oh yeah, thick, you know. That's my favorite thing about the Hocus. I, Mister Backpacking with Jason, sir, convinced me to try out some Hocus, and nice. I was using the Ultras, like you were talking about, the Long Peaks. I went through a couple pairs of those, but the Hocus, it gets like a three inch sole on the back, you know. So it's like walking on clouds. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Whatever makes your feet happy. What about oh, yes. you, John? I've been rocking the uh, the Sauconies, the uh, the Mad River TRs. Like, I never... I'm like one of like seven people in the entire United States, I think, who wears those things. <laughs> but I love them, man. They're like s- stupid comfortable. And uh, yeah, they just came out with the new ones. So I'll probably get a pair of those here before too long. So yeah, the shoe, the shoes there, I think it's a big deal. You were just talking about one of your feet was being destroyed. And horse trails do suck, by the way walking through those beaten up paths. And I know all you horse people, don't get mad at me. I know you all are just out doing your thing, just like we are, but they do beat up the trail a lot. Well, I will tell you this, in defense of the horse people, the people who usually clean up the trail are usually the horse people. Like a lot of people don't realize that, but it's usually your your organizations that put together these horse rides and stuff. They're also the organizations a lot of times who go out and actually work on the trails. That's true. Which, um, So thank you. By so the way. they do try and clean up their mess. Like they're yeah. they're not like malicious people who are like, let's go ride our horses on the trail and destroy it and make all the hikers mad. But um, they do go out and do the work, which I didn't know that. And I got on Facebook one day and fell into the suck hole that is Facebook and <laughs> like read like all this stuff and like this huge argument going on. Found out all this stuff about what these horse organizations actually do, and one of them works hard on the Sheltoe Trace actually. I, read, I didn't know that. So. I read that. Yeah. You're talking about it was hard to get off that page. You got sucked into it too? Oh, yeah, I yeah I got sucked into that so one. So I, I do respect all the work that they do, and I'm yeah. happy that they do all that. But at the same time, I know. me and Ricky were talking about that cave run section. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it tore me up. That was what caused one of my first injuries on my yeah. F- during my FKT. Tell us about it. Did you have some yeah. blister game going on too, or that, what's your injury? Yeah, well, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I tweaked a ligament or tendon or something in my – right ankle kind of in front of my lower shin area were you and, running or um no i was well i may have been running when it happened but yeah i, I remember just stumbling and tripping all through that cave run section and then i i pulled an achilles or something on my left side so i was hobbling at least 175 to 200 miles i was hobbling through that i was holding oh, back so much right? that's i remember you talking about that afterward you said you probably would have come in much quicker yeah, I was if telling that Ricky, I would have done it in seven days and four hours. I <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even said this yet. We haven't even talked yeah, about this yeah. yet. So what was your time uh, on the trace? Mine was nine days, six hours. Nine days, six hours, and yours was? Seven days, 14 hours, 10 minutes, Q. 
which was wow. three hours behind a supported John Harden time. Wow. Back when it was 323 or 319. Yeah. I think 323, yeah. I think. So that was what I was originally going for was to beat John Harden, which was going to be about 44 miles a day. And I was only able to hold that pace for three days maybe. Yeah. But this man did it. Yeah, what was your pace? Days. 40, 44 miles a day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just like under 44, like 43.8 or something. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's easy hikes, man. There's easy two. Hikes. You heard that you heard Jason's going to be doing the uh, the uh, perimeter trail, American perimeter trail, 12,000 miles. <laughs> yeah. He's going to try and average 87 miles a day. <laughs> fake, fake news. <laughs> fake news, he says. I love it. <laughs> so, now, how competitive? I mean, here's the thing I found out about a lot of the FKT guys is yeah they're competitive but at the same time they're really supportive of each other Mm -hmm. so i mean did you guys get to contact each other before this happened i know you did with the previous holder when you went for it um so did you guys not meet until after right yeah okay i I kind of failed on that i should have reached out to jason beforehand (laughs) tried to try to sneak it around (laughs) getting all that information without talking to me in person yeah no but um yeah no it was he reached out afterwards, but yeah, like you were saying, the community, as far as the trail community, like the FKT community in general, it's just like super supportive. And you hear that all the time is like the previous record holder helping the next guy trying to beat it, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Okay, we got a few comments in here. Let's get these in so we don't forget. Uh, what's up, guys? Jason and Ricky Sheltoe legends. Mm. Congrats. I know uh, this guy actually has hiked. His through hike the Sheltoe Trace. Yeah, that's he was on our trip. Yeah, you just hiked with him this past yeah. weekend, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. What's oh, up, Samwise? Samuel. Yeah. So uh, hike to change said I need to thank Jeremiah for sharing his sponsor. I bought the Gonex backpack tent and sweet skateboard. Yes, they make a skateboard. <laughs> I threw um, up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of people saying they're going to check out <laughs> Odin's channel. There's already people like giving the number of who which uh, subscriber they are. That's pretty awesome. Wow. Uh, let's see. What a cool way to inspire. Cool story, Jeremiah. Oh, thanks, Jeremy. So uh, here's a question for Jason. How do you like the temp compared to the Lone Peak? I went to the temp because of the higher stack height. I was I felt like the Lone Peak 3s that I started in, and then the 3 point. No, I skipped the 3.5s, went right to the 4s. I think that may have contributed to a little bit of my plantar fasciitis, possibly. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was still on the fence about whether zero drop was the way to go. And there still was a part of me that wonders if that is the best way to go. But I was able to cure it in the one foot. Now I still have a minor case of it in the other foot. But that happened after the shelter trace. I think that's what caused that. Oh, okay. But anyway, the, uh, the temp 1.5s was kind of that sweet spot between the really thick stack height of the Olympus and the really small stack height of the low peak. So, uh, you know, it was that middle ground. And I think Darwin's talked about this before on yeah. some of his videos. He's, he's wearing the 10.5s right now. Yeah, he's, he's, so, he owns like six pairs of yeah, them or something like they're that. They're nice shoes. Um, I think I just, Dan Becker, I think Dan told me he's using those as well. Yeah, the toe box is just unbeatable. Yeah. That wide foot box, whatever you want to call it. I lean if that's what I love about the uh, Saucony's. They have that huge foot box, too, that toe box too. And actually, um, I'll show you here in a little bit, but I actually have a pair of Ultra uh, Lone Peaks over here, and my toe box on my Saucony's is actually wider oh, really? than the one on the Ultra's. Wow. A lot well, of people don't know that. Before I forget, on the the temp twos, which are the ones that are out now, horrible for me. Really, they were super super tight on my um, above my midfoot. Oh where yeah, the laces are. I could barely get my foot in them. 
So that's not changed good. something drastically on them. So I'm looking forward to see what the 2.5s or 3s or whatever the next temp's going to be. Oh, yeah. So right now, it's the Olympus. You that's know, cool. Sweet. You know, I like something that you said there is it's horrible for you because I can't remember somebody on this trip last weekend, but they were telling me about their shoe and they're talking about how narrow their foot was and how this one shoe is perfect for them. So oh, I like that. I like that you were saying it's horrible for you, but that doesn't mean it's a horrible shoe. Right, no, it's not the right no, fit for this you. This wasn't the right fit for me, exactly. Yeah. Okay, here's a great question. I think anybody who's hiked the Shell Toey knows what this question is all about. Guys, tell us about the wild oh, dogs man. along the trail. Yeah. Listen, okay, I'm, I'm going to start this one off because I took pepper spray with me. Because I knew the dogs were coming, I knew I knew that I was going to hit that point somewhere with the with that road walk, and uh, so I got to one point in the road where this one dog comes out. Next thing you know, I'm surrounded by six dogs, like circling me, and and so I had to hike about half a mile down the road before they went away. They were fine; they didn't do it. They just barked a lot, you know. But it was it was pretty obvious they weren't going to do anything. They were just kind of letting me know, hey, we're here. But I got to one house. And this was, man, this was after Heidelberg. This was, um, I had gone up, you, you kind of go through this like road that goes through a farm area and all this. And then, and then you hit another little paved area there. And that's where this, these two dogs were. And there was this one huge one that comes up behind me and it just starts barking and barking and barking. And it's starting to get kind of close and it's look like, it looks like it's angry. And I look and this other dog comes running down a hill full speed and i get that pepper spray off and i engage it and i get ready and that thing was literally from me to you and he was not stopping i sprayed that thing right in the face <laughs> wow yeah i pepper spray wow. that thing was gonna bite me dude like 100 percent was gonna bite yeah. me like i've never seen i i know when a dog's not happy and it's coming well i sprayed him and of course those dogs can smell the spray so when i sprayed the one dog and he yipped off and took off the other one realized what just happened he just left wow but I know a story, and I, I'm not going to say who it was, but I was talking to one guy, and he said this one dog tried to bite this girl that was in their group, and he shot it. Yeah, wow. He shot the dog and actually threw it in the ditch and just mm -hmm. kept going. I mean, these dogs are insane. I mean, you lucked out. I got a quick story. I know. Yeah, you're, I, I want you to tell your story. So mile 96, starting northbound, starting from the north going south. I had read all about it on their Facebook's Facebook page, mm -hmm. and there was these two notorious dogs around mile 96 they had the same two dogs that took jupiter off his fkt fkt attempt yep and i was coming up on this spot i was probably 95 and three-fourths i mean i'm almost there i got my i got my spray out my dog spray and i was also carrying my 380 firearm and i'm almost there i've been praying about what am i gonna do with these dogs attack me i've, I've got to be ready and this truck pulls up beside me and it's like one of the last paved areas you know before right yeah was. oh yeah yeah and uh he says, hey, how's it going? Having a good hike today? You know, just talking to me and while, we, while we, I'm walking along. And uh, he goes, there's two mean dogs coming up ahead. I just want you to be prepared for them. And I was like, I'm ready. I know all about them. I've read about them. I got my pepper spray ready, and I got my 380 ready to go. And he looked at me, and he goes, I'm going to run home and put those dogs inside for you then. So it was the <laughs> owner I know, that I... pulled up beside me. It was so amazing. And it was like an answer to prayer. You know, he, he Man. ahead of me, and there, I'd never had any issues. But I did have about 60 dogs that came out barking at me oh, on yeah. the road. Yeah. Like people just out there. I mean, nobody's out there except for hikers occasionally. I mean, mm -hmm. nobody's out there at all. And um, But they were, they're were they always bad. I mean, what was your what was your experience? 
Honestly, they're really not that bad unless you like hate dogs. <laughs> <laughs> you guys hate dogs. You know, I don't hate like, dogs. I love dogs. No, I mean like there's like a couple dogs out there you gotta watch out for. You know that they'll probably bite you or something. But I mean, I tapped maybe like three of my trekking poles. But like in general, like if you're comfortable around dogs, like and you just know that's like okay, that section of road's your territory. I'll step off the road. Like they're okay with it, you know. But yeah, there's. There's a couple dogs, but, you know. What it comes down to is Ricky is the dog whisperer. Yes. <laughs> Ricky's not about that fear-mongering. No, Y'all man. are out here spreading fear. Ricky. Trying to keep up with the politics the of the day, man. I mean, Leave us alone. Yeah, I mean, you do have dogs follow you and bark and stuff, but, like, for the most part, they're all right. Well, you lucked out then. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, there was one point when my me and my buddy hiked it the first time. We had, like, 14 dogs following us down the road for <laughs> yeah. a bit. And another time, like, Two little dogs are just yapping at us, and like you know, they're fine. They're just sitting there barking, yeah. and barking. Lady like peeks her head out the door, lets another dog out that's barking even worse than those two, like, and comes after us. And we're like, I thought you were gonna put those away or something, you know? She's letting another dog out. So I mean, you know. Well, most of them, if you don't, if you don't go near their home, they'll leave you alone. And then occasionally you'll have this. There's, it's like, I don't know. Those two are the only ones I really felt were violent. Yeah. Were those two dogs down there? The ones that pretend to sleep on the road, like right at the end of the Heidelberg March. Oh, they weren't. They weren't pretending for me. They just were like, <laughs> "We're gonna bite your leg. You look delicious." And and so I was. I was kind of nervous. The weirdest thing I saw, though, I was hiking down. Uh, I can't. Gosh, I think I was hiking down into. Um, I can't remember the name of the town now. McKee, maybe. I was hiking down into McKee, and I look over on the left, and I'm doing this little road walk, which of course. Shelto is 8,000 miles of road walking. I'm walking along, and over to the left, there's this house, and there's this giant pig just sitting in their yard. And they just look at me, and they go, how's your hike? I said, great. I said, how's your pig? And they go, we don't know what this pig's doing here. It's not ours. <laughs> <laughs> just some random pig sitting in their yard. Oh. So thought that was really funny. Okay, let's get back to some questions real quick, see what else is on here before we uh, finish things up today. Uh, let's see. 41 folks are watching. Let's see. Dogs always be plotting in packs. <laughs> MK Ultra, he's, he says some really funny stuff. Oh, he said something earlier, too. Let me see if I can find it. It was really kind of funny. He, I always wonder if his channel name is about the uh, the MK Ultra stuff with the, the government and the like psychedelics and all that. I don't know, but look, look at this one. Bridal trails are great for squatch and whoop. <laughs> if you guys have never checked out like his channel, it's funny. It's awesome, it's, man. It's really that really dude funny. cracks me up. I just I binge watch his entire channel one day. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, dude's I, hilarious. I was being tracked by a Bigfoot, by the way, on the Sheltoe Trace. Really? What? Yeah. And on the Quijana Trail and on the Osawa River. I've had wow. three encounters in one year. With Sasquatch. Yeah. Wow. Do you look Rock like the colonel? And tree twists and tree knocks. Whoa. I still what? don't believe I still don't believe in them, but <laughs> <laughs> that's wild, this, man. That was a shout out to the colonel. There you he go. He wanted me to tell a Sasquatch story. There you go. <laughs> I was almost gonna ask, is is was the Sasquatch's name the Colonel? <laughs> so it says the cave run section is brutal. Jason is so right. Yeah, I remember that section was pretty rough. Uh, let's see. Odin has 80 subscribers now. Well, nice. No way. Yeah, he's got 80 subscribers now. How awesome is that? That's he's cool. Just keep, keep doing it, folks. Keep giving him more subscribers. That's awesome. 
Uh, I've seen Restless Outdoors pop in the comments a couple of times. I can't read that far. I'm really curious <laughs> if it's something you can. That's why I have to be careful. I have to make sure like the the kids can read this. Let me see. Probably John not. always says, "Hey man, my kids watch this stuff sometimes." So. Okay, here we go. Here we go. When we do Linville Gorge next week, will Jeremiah be willing to carry my two cartons of Marlboros? I try not to include them in my base weight. (laughs) That's funny, Restless. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Those are, hey, you know, I'll tell you, Restless, those are um, consumable items. So technically, those aren't even part of the base weight. Am I right? No, there's consumables, so they're not base weight. Yeah, exactly. I guess you'd have to eat the filter. I mean, how many do you have to have for it to be heavy anyways? They're not that heavy. Well, he said two cartons. Uh, two I cartons, guess. that'd be pretty heavy, I think. Yeah, but after 15 minutes, they'd mostly be gone, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. Okay. Anyways, uh, see, we got more comments he coming in here. Joking. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. We got... Y'all fellers ever heard of the screams at Lake Vesuvius? I've heard about them. I've heard about them. I've been there twice, but I didn't hear the screams. I think the Shill Brothers talked about it in one of their live streams, and it's this, like, cat. I think it's a bobcat. Yeah, Yeah, it's a cat that does these screams out there. Have you you heard of this? Yeah. It's creepy. It's really creepy, and they're loud. Yeah. Like, really loud. Let's see. I don't know if you've met Ricky, but he's not really scared of anything. That well, I found. I, I'm curious, Ricky. What was your 100 mind control stuff? Scariest moment? Did you have any frightening or scary moments on the Shell Toby at all, or even the AT? Ooh, um, I don't know. I mean, like the first night I ever camped alone on the AT. I mean, a bear is always going to get you. Like you know, <laughs> you just know a bear is going to get you. Um, but yeah, I mean, not exactly. I don't know. Was that your first long hack, the AT? No, I did uh, Shell Toey in 2016 and then the 18, 17. Did you bring any bear spray or anything like that on those? No. Okay. No. Yeah. I mean, if bear wants to eat me, it's going to eat me. <laughs> yeah, true that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fight off a bear. Yeah. You're not going to. No, my no. Three, my 380 just would have made him mad, bro. You'd <laughs> <laughs> just been like, really? <laughs> oh, so uh, just talking about the, the animal thing, how many of you guys, when you first got into backpacking, and you're out there, and it's quiet. Every little leaf that moved, you swore there was an animal right outside your tent. I think that still gets me. Does it really? Yeah. That and bugs. I hate bugs. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I hate spider webs. Ooh. I can deal with bugs. I don't like spider webs. Like I hate spider webs. I hate it when you're the first person on a trail in the morning, and you get them all, and it's like they're all over your face and your your hat and everything. I don't mind doing it with Jason when Jeremiah is with me though because he's so much taller. <laughs> I get the lower ones, but he still gets the other ones in his face, so yeah, it works out well. It's part, part reason, it's part of the reason I quit hiking in the summer months because yeah. of the, the spiny microthena <laughs> spins its web across the trail. Yeah, yeah, I hate that. That's why I went into got into kayak camping. It's like hiking with your arms. Oh, nice, nice. I've seen a lot of your kayaking videos. They're fun, man. That's a good time. Except when you go across lakes, that didn't look fun no, at all. No, or not fun. The ponds. No. Yeah, Did, that, that didn't look fun. I think this spoiled me, but like whenever I was doing the long trail, I was sleeping in the shelter. I slept in the shelter like every night but one so that I could hang out with my trail family. And I always used um, earplugs every single night because it's like a symphony of snoring in there. Mm. So I will still do that. And some people tell me like, dude, that's not safe, you know, because you're talking about the leaves and stuff. Yeah. Like there really is an animal or something outside of your hammock or tent. And I'm just like, oh. 
I mean, like you said, if it's a bear and I'm in that burrito, it's going to eat me. <laughs> yeah, man. If he's in the mood for Mexican food, you're gone. <laughs> I'm gone. <laughs> yes. It's over. So I still wear them. I, I wear them. I wear them. I only wear them when I'm with Wrestles Outdoors or Outland. <laughs> or, Lance, David, or David Gray. Oh, you don't want to hike with me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I just turned on a chainsaw when I went to bed. So, <laughs> Although I will say we hiked with... We went out with Jason, with Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, and we went out with Ben McMillan. And I'm going to tell you, all four of us snored because I woke up in the middle of the night and it was a, it was this beautiful chorus. Like, it's like harmonizing. I mean, it really was. It there was harmony going on there. It was, it was, it was amazing. Everybody was really into it. Now, are you a snorer? I, I've been told I'm very nice to sleep next to in a shelter. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And I mean, I find the snoring symphony like if you learn to like think about it right like it can put you to sleep oh my you know? goodness yeah so, you know, it's just all your perspective on it, things that's life ricky has to be like the nicest person we've ever had on the show <laughs> yes he's the youngest but most awesome like most introspective yeah like, like relatable you get a lot of time to think when you walk <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth that's the truth well and a lot of people don't you're only 23 years old something like that so like, <laughs> that's, what, that's what they tell me. So you're only 23 years old. You've already hiked the Appalachian Trail. You've already hiked the Sheltoe. And what's your next big trail? Um, I think I'm gonna hike the end up hiking the CDT this summer. So I'm hoping to get a, a gig ridge running in the Smokies on the AT this this spring, and then head out to the Continental Divide Trail later this year. Southbound it. Southbound it. Yeah. That's interesting. Most people go northbound. Yeah. Well, if I get I gotta make money, <laughs> you know. Um, so you can't end north yeah. late in the year. Yeah. Well, no, and I really want to get um, work back on the AT as a ridge runner, just because I really enjoy doing that and educating about leave no trace and helping people understand how to take care of the trail. And you know, especially a lot of people that aren't experienced and just need help understanding. So teach them the why behind things and give them backpacking tips and things. So it's it's really rewarding work. As somebody who's done the ridge running thing, what is the most annoying thing you run into? When you're out in the woods, that you see people do pretty consistently, uh, leave trash behind and not pick it up. I mean, like there's like I've met people in the woods that like they've come up to the spots where it's trashed and like, oh, it's a shame it's trashed, and then turn around and leave. You know, it's like if everyone just does like picks up one piece a day, like that's gonna make a huge difference. So yeah. Just, like you know, that's a challenge I have for myself is every time I'm out, even when I'm doing an FKT, it's like I stop and pick up at least one piece of trash like every single day, you know, or multiple times a day. Cause you know, it's just, it's the right thing to do. So we'll, we got to do it. He picked up 10 pieces of trash on the twin Valley trail last week. I didn't even That's see awesome. them. I mean, he sees these little flecks the size of my thumbnail and he's stopping and picking them up. So, of course, when, cool. when you work as a Ridge runner, you probably just, you're attuned to that. Yeah. I mean that, and I've done other things where, you know, you're picking up trash and stuff. So I've got, I've got litter eyes. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you all as Ridge runners, are y'all typically the ones, or is it more like volunteer groups or like, um, y'all were talking about er earlier, the horses, people like volunteering to ride and pick up. Are y'all normally the ones that have to carry out though? Like if somebody leaves, uh, say in a shelter, or an experience, they leave some canned food or some bug spray, or you know, they bring in like big bottle, maybe a bottle of shampoo, whatever. Mm -hmm. Is it typically the ridge runners that had to do all that? Yeah, on the AT, I'd say for the most part, I mean, it varies a little bit from state to state. But I was working in New Jersey as a ridge runner in 2019, and yeah, you know, I get to shelter sometimes, and like 
the bear box was littered with stuff or like there's a spread left out on a shelter and obviously it had been left behind no one was coming back i think there was like a note that they had left it there or something so you know i had to pack out like 20 pounds of food and like a sawyer filter and like bear spray and all this stuff you know so yeah you know if it's if it's out there and no one carries it out it's not going to leave my goodness yeah i know uh when we did, we were just down in uh, Grayson Highlands, and myself and my buddy Josh were hiking out, and we didn't get a mile from our camp, and we just saw smoke coming across the trail, and somebody had left their fire. Like, all the embers were glowing red hot and left firewood laying on top of the embers. And I, I remember I, I even got it on video, and we put it out. I mean, we didn't have much water left, but we used the rest of it and just filtered later on, but... Uh, we were angry. I mean, that yeah. to me is like one of the most dangerous things you can do. After you would think, after what's been going on in California, people would know better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like like don't leave your fire going. Like put the stupid thing out when you're done. Um, but yeah, just just people not thinking, just kind of. And I think a lot of that is they're not educated, you know, in in what's going on, and they're just going out for a weekend with their buddies. And I don't. I just think a lot of people don't realize, you know. Take care of the place. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, that's so important. You know, it's like a lot of people don't know. So just like before you go, like try to do research. Try to ask questions. And yeah. Like, you know, I've made my share of mistakes and done a lot of things that aren't leave no trace in the past. But, you know, like you learn and try to do better, you know? We got a few things being said right now. We got uh, that hiking guy said, I'm, I pick up so much trash every time I'm out. It's becoming a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I have hats a, off hats off to LNT peeps. Thanks for leaving the place nicer than you find it. Uh, Justin outdoors, man, so much respect for that. Um, here's a, here's another one. Look at this. I've picked up maybe six full tent setups in a year. Oh my. Yeah. I mean, I, I was going to say when we were hiking, we were down, on, I was down on the Smokies last month and we were hiking down through and we saw this tent that was there when we were heading up. And we saw it again when we were heading back, and we just were like, we weren't sure if somebody was actually in the tent or not. And there's a part of me wishes we would have gone over and checked to see if somebody just left the tent there because the one side was kind of caved in a little bit. Yeah. We are like, Probably you know, it. it's one of those things you just don't know. You're like, because what happens if there's just some dude and he doesn't know how to set up a tent and he's sleeping in it and you go and you bother him? You know, it was one of those <laughs> kinds of things. It was just like, um, I but, got um, like a closing question. And you can ask them too if you want. I sorry, I have a heart out in like uh, fifteen minutes. So I know I'm all. I feel like I'm always the bearer of bad news. I'm like John. We've done an hour and a half. We got to go. But I just uh, was curious about y'all's food situation because there's a difference between like supported, self-supported, and unsupported. And Jason, I saw you at the Ohio meetup. Um, how long after your hike was, was that? Like a week. Yeah, ten, week to ten days after. And no offense, dude, but you looked like you had been on like chemotherapy or oh, something. Man. It was bad. So I was curious on your all's food situations. Um, can you enlighten us on were you measuring calories per day or weight of food per day, and were you actually cashing it, or how how does that work? Yeah, I uh, I went to great lengths to make sure that I had tons of food. You know, a little different than what Ricky's outlook was on it you know he, he thinks he could probably get by with even less but because uh, we were talking about this the other day or maybe your body can only what's the word assimilate assim, utilize all that food you're putting mm-hmm. into it um i just kind of guessed 
since this was my first attempt at doing something like this, that I would need at least approximately 5,000 calories a day. So I actually measured out each day. I had a gallon Ziploc bag for each day with 5,000 calories in it. And I, I cashed a bag at the halfway point. That food was really heavy. You know, I made sure I was still at 120, 130 calories an ounce. So I, was, I had a lot of high-calorie foods. Um, if I was to do it again, I would probably, if I was going self-supported again, I would probably do at least four drops. I was just going to say, would probably, you would you have more caches? Yeah, because uh, I think I could have moved a lot quicker. And yeah. in that one day, I was telling you, I did barely made it to my food bag on day five. You know, I was behind 30 miles from where I thought I should, should have been, and I almost starved. So, um, yeah, I... I think I could have used eight or 10,000 calories a day. But at that point, can your body really use that caloric intake at, at that high? Yeah. Amount? I don't know. And can your body actually digest it that can fast? You, and... Can you carry 40 pounds of food? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a point where you got I've tried. enough's enough, man. I'll say I've tried. Yeah. So. I'm, I'm thinking maybe maybe six to 8,000 calories next time. Sure. That's what I could probably go through in a day. Every day. Because Jason. I, yeah. And like you said, I, I had lost, when you saw me, I was down 10 pounds at least. Yeah. You're I lost a pound strong. every day. And I got it back pretty quick, but yeah, I went down. Well, when I saw you at the Sheltoe Trace uh, celebration, oh yeah, I was you, right you, were st- you were still you were still pretty uh, skinny back then oh, too. Oh man, I mean, not like you're not skinny now, but I mean, yeah, you're too yeah. skinny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So somebody somebody actually wanted to say something to Jason. Why does Jason drop pumpkins off sol- silos? <laughs> Who is that? This is Ron Mueller. Ron Mueller. Ron Mueller. Oh. Oh, it's just something fun to do. <laughs> a little clickbait to watch my pumpkin video. <laughs> That's funny. Ricky, what was your uh, whole food situation? You used to, you'd eat even less? Yeah, well, I mean, kind of like Jason was saying, we've been talking about it. And, like, you're fighting a losing battle as far as calories if you're doing 40 miles a day. Like, you can't eat 40 miles a day's worth in calories. Like, mm-hmm. you just, you can't. Um so, you know, the difference between having five and 6,000 calories, like, is it really going to be that big of a difference performance-wise? Like, you're still losing by probably 5,000 calories a day or something ridiculous, you know? I don't know how they calculate that math, but you're losing by a lot. Um, so I think I had somewhere around, like, 6,000 a day or so, roughly. Like, I sort of calculated, but not really. Um, but, yeah, you know, just I think the weight, saving a little bit of weight there would have been worth it. Is it even possible, like the people on a loan, they'll put on some weight even though they're training for the show? Did y'all ever um, consider doing something like that? Like they gain, like they'll try to put on twenty pounds. Well, I know you got to carry great it. in theory, but then you got twenty pounds you got to right. carry down the trail. So yeah. I, you know, I actually, even though I was, uh, I lifted consistently and was running, biking, and walking consistently with a pack weight on, mm-hmm. um, I actually probably cut a few pounds. Because I was losing some body fat right. and you know maintaining my muscle going into the FKT, so I yeah. was actually a little leaner starting. So I don't know. I, I think that would probably hurt you. Maybe it'll show like a loan where you can be. You're not you hiking sit. forty miles a day. You're right. doing a little more lethargic during the day mm-hmm. than you are on FKT. So a little yeah. different. I would like, just say like advice wise on food, just like bring as much as you can reasonably carry in combination or process, and it depends. Like if you that's if you're trying to go really fast you know yeah any of the calories but like if you know you're just hiking a normal day like you can get by with whatever you want yeah, <laughs> yeah. so so now that you guys have done this fkt thing you guys think you'd ever do the eco challenge what's that? do you know what the eco challenge is it's oh. called the world's toughest race oh yeah i've seen oh i think you guys would be great for that 
it basically you start off and you I think they just did it in Fiji. I watched it, it's on Amazon, but they uh they did like a thirty or forty mile kayak across the, the ocean. Then you hike forty or fifty miles and then you ride a mountain bike for another forty miles and then I mean it's just like and it's constant and you're you're going I mean a thousand miles or something and and these some of these guys are doing this stuff in like 10 days you know and it's just like it's it's an insane it's an insane challenge you guys ever consider doing something like that i don't know i'm really into something like that (laughs) (laughs) i mean you're fkting so you're already a half out of your mind so you know it's worth checking isn't that a team effort yeah you do with a team when i'm doing something like this i kind of want to just rely on myself i don't know you know i've never tried anything like that yeah i mean it'd be interesting to consider but most likely not (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know i mean it it would be fun to get into something that's a little multi-discipline sometime like i've done a couple adventure races you know where there's some mountain biking and kayaking it's fun um i think it would be fun there's some routes i know that i've heard of like more out west where there's little bigger mountains and stuff where like there's some fkts where the guy you know bikes from the city to the trailhead and then you know runs to the top and then you to bag the peaks you know there's some like rock climbing disciplines in there so I don't know, you know, dreaming up a route that's kind of like that way. There's a few multiple disciplines in it. I mean, I have to learn a little bit better more than walking and running, but um, it'd be fun to try something like that sometime. We'll see. That's awesome. I think Ricky should quickly mention his uh, rowing background. Oh, what you You got for us? Um, Yeah, before I got really deeper into the hiking, I mean, me and my buddy had done a bunch of weekend trips here and there, but I... We were, I rode in high school, so like um, rowing, like you see on the Olympics and everything. Um, I did that for like five years, and towards the end, I got on the national adaptive or like Paralympic team, and so I competed in, you know, youth nationals in like Sarasota, Florida, and New Jersey, and then um, with the Paralympic team, I went to Worlds in 2014 and 2015 in France and Amsterdam. So that's awesome. But that is awesome. Yeah. So. Wow, that's really cool. Just recently, been torn between do I keep hiking stuff or like do I try to get back into the rowing? Maybe so. I think I'm going to stick with the hiking for a little bit, but do adventure racing because rowing comes into some of that. So you know, it's a different type of rowing, but yeah. (laughs) Oh man, still, no, that's awesome, man. Hey, I appreciate both of you guys being on the show. I really do because this is it's a unique night for us. This is usually we're doing everything online. Like even Jeremiah and I aren't in the same room for a lot of these live casts. So uh, definitely glad. I know this was Jason's idea too. Like, I'm not yeah. even going to pretend like we came up with this. Like, oh, Jason contacted us. me and he flat out said, "Hey, do you guys want to do this? I'll get a hold of Ricky and we'll see if we can make this happen." And uh, so, great idea, man. I've been wanting to come down here since your first season. Yeah, and and I I know you, we had you guys had a lot of people on the podcast in between then and now, but I knew I'd eventually get down here. Well, we and knew we had to get the podcast to where it was worthy of you being on it. <laughs> So, you know, we had we had to build it up to the point uh, where having Jason Wish on here was right. You know, we had to make sure we got Darwin on here first and then get it to another level so we could get Jason on here. So that's what it came down to. So I appreciate you guys so much for being on the show. Jeremiah, you got anything else for us before we sign off? Uh, I just want to know where everybody can follow you guys and find you guys and especially, you know, what, what you're doing in the future, too. So where can they find your all's information? Um, I think I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I think Facebook's, I think, just Ricky Vandegrift, and my Instagram's like Richard Dot Vandegrift or something like that. But 
I'm on there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we'll, awesome. we'll put it in yeah, the There's not too many people with you know missing legs, so that'll help narrow it down. <laughs> or or with the last name Vandergriff. That's like a really unique last name. So that's that made it easy to find you when he was telling me about you. So mm-hmm. yeah, he needs uh, a YouTube channel now. I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how to technology. So. I was, yeah, I was just gonna say we just talked about this before the podcast. You are not a technology guy. Yeah, you know, maybe write me a letter or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Snail mail. Snail mail. What about you? Uh, my YouTube channel, Jason Wish Wishwell Farms, because we also do farming videos, yeah. kayak, kayaking videos. Um, Instagram, I don't do much with it. It's it's under the farm name. It's probably. Wishwell Farms, mm-hmm. and then Facebook is. I also I have a Jason Wish Facebook and a Wishwell Farms Facebook page. Awesome, dude! That's Very all cool. I have. I've really enjoyed having these guys on and getting to talk to you. Thank you all. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Yeah, yeah man, it was awesome. Had a blast. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in, and for myself and the redheaded wonder Jeremiah Stringer, you'll have a great week. We'll catch you on the next go around. Freaking NASCAR. <laughs>